Hello, everybody. My name is Dr. Khadija Ali Coleman. I'm one of the co-founders of the Black Family Home Educators and Scholars Group, um, who the group that is presenting this teaching um, to you this week. I am very pleased to introduce our second guest um, of the teaching, who will be talking about um, who will be answering the question, the igniting question, what truth needs to be shared um, regarding black homeschooling. But before she gets to that, I would like for her to introduce herself to you, telling you her name, as well as a little bit about herself as a homeschooling parent. Awesome, thank you. So thanks first, thanks for um, organizing and for having me. Um, so uh, you're, my name is Tahira Goldson and um, I am a working homeschooler. Um, my career had been in um, curriculum development before professional development for adults, um, before I shifted gears and opened a home care agency that serves seniors. Um, so I think for me, it was really important to um, explore curriculum from that lens. With adults, we expect 100% that we have to bring value to the table, um, that they would like to learn something if it's useful. And those are things that aren't necessarily assumed in elementary education um, that we probably should assume. Um, and then um, I wanted to um, just really build community around working homeschoolers. Wonderful. And so I understand that in addition to that, um, that work that you do professionally, you also developed a homeschooling co-op, is that correct? That's right. So um, in the process of really um, searching for community, um, I um, worked with several moms to found, but um, ultimately executed um, Mason Inspired Bowie. Um, which is a homeschool cooperative that in particular is um, attempting to bridge the gap between folks who consider themselves traditional homeschoolers where that may be their primary occupation um, to working homeschoolers who may have um, multiple duties including homeschooling under their umbrella or their purview. Now when you say Mason inspired is that um a, a technique, oh. a particular technique? Oh, sure, yes. So I'm glad that you asked that. Um, so Charlotte Mason is an educator um, who advocated homeschool, but about 100 years ago um, in the United Kingdom. Um, she was really dynamic in that she was really devout in her faith. Um, she was a poet, um, and she also was a career educator. Um, she was an orphan um, who ultimately did not have children. So her practice of education was really the way that she connected with young people. And there are two real pillars um, that have caused a global movement where folks have applied the Charlotte Mason method. Um, one is she felt like if you open a book and it's not engaging in the first few sentences, the first few paragraphs, it is not fit to, to use an education and um, that criteria is called a living book that we could teach history that way, we could teach math that way, we could teach language arts that way. Um, so I think that's one of the hallmarks of the process. Um, and then the other of, uh, uh, of a Charlotte Mason approach is just really a focus on being outdoors, being aware of nature and nature study being emphasized and that's um, some of the first things that tend to be taken away is outdoor play um, in public and private settings. Um, but one of the driving forces, um, driving um, course corrections of homeschoolers is that they try to have more field trips or be outside. Um, and that was right up Charlotte Mason's um, alley in terms of advice. That's wonderful. Um, as 
uh, African American or Black. I don't know how if you identify as African American. Yeah, I was like all of those. All of those. Are great. <laughs> um, but as a, as a Black homeschooler, do you find um, in addition to that um, mindset of homeschooling, is there anything in particular that um, you also incorporate as the leader of your co-op? So I think the um, part of the reason that I believe that the Charlotte Mason approach is really compelling is that she was really revolutionary um, for 100 years ago in the UK, right? So for where she was, for her to really focus on inclusion, um, and that means inclusion of female authors, inclusion of African-American authors, for her to be emphasizing that at a time where I think we had much less access to travel and being a global citizen and um, the benefit of many um, movements to be able to reincorporate rights that were kind of dismissed or taken away. Um, part of what we focus on is making sure that we're using that philosophy, but in the modern approach. So the body of work that she had to choose from was much more limited when it came to worldviews and perspectives. Um, but her philosophy was that you should be able to balance with many worldviews. Um, and I think you cannot really discuss being African-American or of the Black diaspora or American without discussing or without um, acknowledging that African-Americans are of mixed heritage by definition, right? And so being able to explore what that means um, early on, I think helps to ground um, our young people in their own identity um, in a way that a lot of us did not have the opportunity to do um, who are adults who are still exploring our culture and learning about um, African diaspora history, even our own family history, um, because it wasn't put in the forefront for most of our uh, elementary and high school education. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. So as we um, come to the question that um, you're going to discuss or mm -hmm. respond to, I wanted you to um, include all of that. So make it as relevant to your own um, teaching practice, as well as bringing in, again, the philosophy that you utilize um, in that teaching practice individually as, and as a co-op group. So the question that you chose is, what truth needs to be shared about home, Black homeschooling families? Awesome. So yes, I really, that question really stood out to me because um, I think the truth that needs to be shared about Black homeschooling families is um, that no system, no process um, is one size fits all, right? I think that what we've been trained in um, traditional education settings is that um, we are to kind of fit into education as opposed to education being there to serve us, right? So the Charlotte Mason method, the philosophy is to put beautiful things, whether it's artwork, whether it's food, whether it is um, just beautiful stories written at a high caliber, um, to put that in front of the learner. Um, and some of those things are going to be attractive, right? Like if I'm at um, a really high-end buffet, <laughs> Everything is not going to be exciting to me, but if everything is really high quality, that sampling um, has given me a better understanding, a better appreciation of what is even out there to offer, right? So I think the truth is that, um, well, one truth is that, <laughs> that's my daughter in the background, education um, period should not be one size fits all. And one of the great opportunities we have that has 
traditionally in human history been available to us that in the past maybe 50 or 100 years has not is been um, educate parents have been the primary educator all along, right? And that used to be more acceptable um, or more common um, that a class size, if the family is educating, a class size of over 12 would probably not happen. And that's over hundreds of years. So it's new that we have class sizes of 30 and 40. So I think this idea that um, you can shape education, um, curriculum, opportunities, experiences to the needs of your individual children or to your individual family is something that um, if we latch on to first, it makes everything else easier. So we're not so panicked about, did we choose the right curriculum, right? Or are we following the Charlotte Mason method to a T? It's um, what parts of this system serve me well and what parts do I need to rework or re-examine? And I can do that re-examination <laughs> after a week, after a school year, after six. Um, I'm not locked in in a way that is inflexible um, and just not, not beneficial to the family. Well said. You have any last words, anything final that you'd like to? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. So yeah, absolutely. So I think one more truth. You want to say hi? Okay. Hi. One more truth that I wanted to share is that I feel that, um, a lot of times we expect resistance, um, as African-Americans, and rightfully so, um, but before it's present, right? And I think that in a lot of cases, um, we have support in homeschool infrastructure um, that if we don't see, we can support each other and create it. So one of the things that I thought was really great about creating a cooperative, right, is that um, it's important to be able to invest in systems that are not necessarily just driven for profit, Um, or just to make money. So I think our greatest asset, of course, is um, community and building that community. But if you don't see it, the truth is, is that we can reach out to each other and it's not something where we have to be necessarily suspicious. We can try everything or try different things um, and do what works for us and discontinue anything that doesn't. So um, just anyone who's questioning if you can do it or not, a really common homeschool um, quote is, should you be questioning yourself or should you be questioning a system that you graduated out of that didn't convince you that you could teach your child to teach your family, right? That's deep. That's deep. That's a a perfect ending. Thank you so much Tahira for joining us today. And, um, I appreciate all of your feedback. And for those who are watching, we appreciate your response, um, to this conversation mm-hmm. regarding what truth needs to be shared, please feel free um, to add your comment below or to share with us during our teach and breakout sessions on Friday, July 24th. Thank okay. you. Thank you.